When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome everyone to Breaking Big Blue. I'm your host Jordan Ron on ESPN, ESPN.com Giants reporter. We're here with the Mike T episode. That's right. That's because we're going to speak to our resident GM, Mike Tannenbaum, former GM of the Jets. And apropos, we speak to him this week because the Giants play the Jets on Sunday, right? The old Snoopy Bowl. Uh, but actually, this one has a lot of meaning. Uh, the Jets sitting at three and three, Giants at two and five. Uh, really, this is the line of demarcation for the Giants. Because if they win this game, and it's supposed to be a pretty close game, spread was about three, three and a half, over under really low, uh, 36 and a half, because no one expects either of this team, two teams to score points. Going to have backup quarterbacks in for both teams, Tyrod Taylor on one side, Zach Wilson on the other. But the Jets at three and three, right? This is a game you look at in their schedule. Well, they this is a game they kind of need to win. Right, if if they're going to be a playoff team and go where they want to be, and if you're looking at the Giants, well, if they do win this game, they're three and five. Next week, Raiders that could be four and five. All of a sudden, then they have light. Now, do I think they can make a run? No, absolutely not. Like a lo- long term, I'm talking about. You have to be realistic. This team's not going anywhere, right? This team isn't isn't making any run like last year. Uh, they still have too many problems, and heck. They're underdog to the Jets. And then let's start with this. Because I believe Mike Tannenbaum later on is going to have strong opinions about this. About the dilemma about whether the Giants, and if it's a dilemma at all, I don't think it is. But there's others that can state the case that Tyrod Taylor should be the starting quarterback on this team, right? Because he's outplayed Daniel Jones. Now my thing to that would be, yes, I do think in his two starts, forget what's been around him, whatever. Let's just base it off performance. His two starts have been better than Daniel Jones' five starts this year. But that's clear recency bias. And then you're eliminating how Daniel Jones played last year. Completely just eliminating it. Which to me is silly. And then you factor in the idea that the Giants just paid this guy. You know, $84 million guaranteed for this year and next year. And he's 26 and Tyrod Taylor's 34. So Daniel Jones could be part of the future here. Tyrod Taylor is not. Starting Tyrod Taylor to me is silly. Right, I'm talking about when Daniel Jones gets back. Now, you might say, well, when's Daniel Jones coming back? He's not coming back. We saw this last time. And there's always the possibility. It's not out of the realm of possibility that Daniel Jones doesn't come back. But I will say this. Thursday, at practice, per sources, Daniel Jones was taking scout team reps. So Daniel Jones was on the field taking scout team reps. Now, we could sit there and play semantics and say, and, and look, he does. He still has to be clear for contact. They're wearing a red jersey. There's no contact in practice. He can do that. But the fact that Daniel Jones is out there running plays at full speed, he can't be contacted, but he's out there running plays at full speed, indicates to me that Daniel Jones is not far off. Now, I've had sources tell me that he's also taken some scout team reps uh, at other times since the injury. But the fact that I know, and I multiple people, multiple people tell me, and he was out there on Thursday 
taking scout team reps, I think is a relatively good sign. And I think, based on the information and opinions that I've garnered, that Daniel Jones is not far off from returning. So you're talking about a guy you just invested in, who had a good year last year, sixth in QBR in the entire NFL. And I know you want to sit there and tell me about the 15 touchdown passes. You're nitpicking on stats. He played well last year. There's no way around it. He played well. You can knock him all you want in that regard, but he did play well. Now, Tyrod Taylor has outplayed him. He hasn't committed a turnover. He's made plays under pressure. He's had a little bit of better environment around him. He's played with Saquon Barkley. That is obviously key here. Daniel Jones played two games with Saquon Barkley. One, he had a really good game because that second half in Arizona was was excellent. And one, everybody on the entire team was awful. So it certainly helps to have Saquon Barkley back. Tyrod Taylor's had him for both games. He's had a little more stable offensive line. But forget that for a second. Just from a big picture, why does it make sense to play Tyrod Taylor? The few, like, it, it doesn't, this team needs to build towards something bigger down the line. This isn't a team that's five and two, or even in the Jets' case, three and three right now with this great defense. The Giants' defense actually playing great. Get to that a little bit later on. Talk about the defense at, at the end in the Jordan on the Beat episode. But it's not that where they're trying to make a run this year at something big. Right? You have to be realistic about what they are. They still have holes, too many holes on the offensive line. Uh, can their secondary ultimately hold up long-term? Their pass rush depth, do they have enough pass rush? These are all serious questions the Giants have. So, to me, it doesn't make sense, 34-year-old Tyrod Taylor. Now, if he's out there putting up 30-plus points a game, throwing touchdowns left and right, I get it. You, you then can't justify that to the locker room. But they scored 23 points in two games. It's not like they're lighting it up. They held on for dear life against the Commanders last week. Dear life. Go look at that last play. Sam Howell should have completed that pass. Yes, he might not have gotten the end zone, but it would have been a first down at the one-yard line, and that game had a, well, probably would be tied at that point. And the Giants made a lot of mistakes late in that game. Scored 14 points. Tyrod played pretty well. They still scored 14 points. So if they were scoring 30, I think it would be a different case. But they're not. They're not. And so I think Daniel Jones is close to a return. And I think the right move would be to put him back into the lineup. And Brian Dable has said he's putting him back in time. So there really isn't a quarterback controversy in the building. I think there's only a quarterback discussion outside the building. And it's only going to get more intense if Tyrod Taylor plays well against the Jets, who, by the way, have a really good defense, which I said before, on Sunday. About this Jets matchup, I'll get to the Giants and their offensive line in a second. But about this Jets matchup, Xavier McKinney told me this. And the way he looks at it, is that the Giants are the big brothers in this equation. Giants-Jets, you know, rivalry. The Giants are the big brothers. The Jets are the little brothers. The Giants are the Lakers. The Jets are the Clippers. And the reason for that is the tradition, the history, you know, the four Super Bowls for the Giants since 1986, the zero for the Giants, uh, the Jets in the last, what, 40-plus uh, years, 40 years, what, 69 season they won it? It was 2022. It's 2023. It's a long time ago. And we, we, if you're being honest, and I don't disagree, and I, I think you're, Jets fans, it might bother them to hear that, that they're the little brother, but it's the reality. The Giants are the, a, the 1A team in New York, New York, New Jersey. They are. They're the one with the bigger fan base, the more prominent franchise, the franchise with more cachet. That's the New York Giants. So I get that, that what, what Xavier McKinney's saying, and actually I agree with it. And it might hurt some feelings along the way 
But that's reality. Now, as far as what the Giants are going to put on the field in this game, offensive line-wise, John Michael Schmidt, the rookie center, has a good chance of returning. So here's why I think that's huge. The Giants now get better, significantly better at two positions. Brent Bredesen, in my opinion, is a much better guard. So now he slides back to left guard. He's a quality guard. He struggled a little bit at center, but he's a quality guard. So they're now better at center. I should say they're better at three positions now. And significant upgrades because John Michael Schmidt's better than Ben Bredesen at center. Ben Bredesen's better than uh, Mark Lewinsky at left guard. Mark Lewinsky now goes to right guard, though. He's exponentially better than Marcus McKeithen. And I know some of you guys have been like, oh, McKeithen's been pretty good. He's been all right. He's 67 of 67 guards in pass block win rate. He has been their worst offensive lineman. Marcus, Marcus McKeithen who, by the way, didn't take any first-team reps that we saw all summer, missed all of his rookie year. Like, I get it. But he hasn't been good when he's been on the field. So now the Giants' interior just got better, in my opinion, in three spots with John Michael Schmitz coming back. Andrew Thomas, Evan Neal returned to practice this week. Uh, Andrew Thomas, we know, hasn't played since week one. They're being very cautious with this because last time he tried to come back, he aggravated the injury. He had a setback. Play semantics however you want. Setback. So I think the likelihood with Andrew Thomas is we're looking at one more week. And so Andrew Thomas, maybe like a package deal next week uh, with Daniel Jones against the Raiders. I could totally see that. Evan Neal is a little bit more a question mark. I think he's more along the coin flip lines at right tackle. But is that really a big difference? Evan Neal, Tyree Phillips, is that is that even really an upgrade? I can easily make the argument that when Tyree Phillips, who, by the way, the Giants signed off the Eagles practice squad last week, has been at right tackle over the last, this year and last year. Started, I believe, two or three games last year for Evan Neal when Neal was injured. Started last week against Washington. That when Tyree Phillips has been on the field, he's been the better option than Evan Neal. You can make that argument. Easily make that argument. Like, it's a very fair argument. So, I don't think if I had a guesstimate, guesstimate right now that Evan Neal would be back. Sunday against the Jets, but I also don't think it matters very much. I don't. We're going to get a defensive battle, but you know what? Here's what I like about Giants-Jets, and then we'll get to Mike T in a second. It means something for the fans, right? And I have friends. I grew up in the area. You know, all my friends are Jets-Giants fans. People always say, you're from Philadelphia. They're dead wrong about that. I'm from New York. I'm from New Jersey. I'm from a New York suburb. All my friends are Jets and Giants fans. And so the group text is always talking trash back and forth to each other. So that's what makes it fun, this game and this matchup fun, Giants-Jets. They get to play in a regular season in a meaningful game. Think back 2011, right, Victor Cruz, that whole thing, how fun that was. Rex Ryan, sure Mike T will talk about that in a second. He was a general manager of the Jets at the time. But that those kind of games make it fun. This game's meaningful to both teams. Giants trying to save their season, keep it alive. Jets trying to put themselves in position to make a real run. If they lose to the Giants and fall to three and four, does anyone see this Jets team making a real run? No, they need to stay afloat. Hope Aaron Rodgers comes back at some point late in the season. And so wins against the Jet, the Giants, a team that's not going to score very many points against this Jets defense, is vital if you're the Jets. And so that's what makes it fun is that it means a lot to these fans. Now, players always want to win, but these a lot of these guys are friends. There's not a lot of bad blood between these teams. Sure, maybe Jihad Ward and Aaron Rodgers had a little dust up. I don't think 
There's many guys in the locker room that care about that. Have you even heard about that this week? No, you haven't. But regardless, it's going to be a lot of fun. Let's talk to the former Jets GM. On to the next one. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C., Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. All right, let's start it up here. We're going to talk to Mike Tannenbaum, obviously former general manager of the New York Jets, also host uh, of the Sunday morning ESPN radio show in New York, uh, New York football and so, Mike, this is a little role reversal because usually you're interviewing me on Sunday mornings. Now I get to reciprocate and interview you and really poke at you because I noticed the other day. First of all, welcome. Thanks for doing this, man. Absolutely. I'm surprised uh, that you have me because we always have to rank you and Rich Samini. And uh, I'm surprised, despite that, you would have me on your uh, your show. <laughs> but it's great to be here. It's all right. You know what? I wasn't the first choice for this job either, and I, I, I don't think I. And, and you know what? It's worked out all right. So you know, if you're second choice, it's not the end of the world. So work That's out right. for you. So all right, we got Jets Giants this week. Giants likely going to play Tyrod Taylor, but that's what I wanted to talk to you about because I could sense when you asked me the question the other day, you thought that Tyrod Taylor was the better option for this team at quarterback right now over Daniel Jones. Am I correct with that assumption? And so why? Yeah, uh, I don't think there's any question about it. You know, I think one of the things like all of us in and around this business, be it with a team or media, like there's a lot of dogmatic sort of thinking. And if you just look at things objectively, it's really not even close. You know, Tyrod Taylor has outplayed Daniel Jones. Like, you know, that's not even getting into the salary, you know, disparity of, you know, how much, you know, over $30 million difference between the two. And when you talk from a team building standpoint, what you can do with those resources. But I just think when you look at it, apples to apples, Jordan, I just think right now Tyrod Taylor is playing better football than Daniel Jones. So while I agree with you this year, he, you know, his two games are better than Daniel Jones's five games, right? And I don't think that anyone's really going to sit here and argue that, but it seems short-sighted. Why don't you consider how Daniel Jones played last year? 
Like, are we just going to throw? Are we just going to throw that out? No, I think that's fair. Like, there were points last year I thought Daniel Jones played really good football. Um, but part of the evaluation process, to be candid, if you and I were running a team, Jets, Giants, or whomever, you know, two of the critical factors to play quarterback would be durability and not to turn the ball over. And those are two areas that, unfortunately, you know, that those have proved to be a massive challenge for Daniel Jones. So, um, I think when you really look at last year, I would think that's more of an outlier, more so than, you know, the pattern of, you know, a body of work, which at this point is, you know, not inconsequential. And what with Tyrod Taylor, I would say durability has also been a problem of his. So, I mean, you put yep. Tyrod Taylor, we, we could be sitting here and going back to Daniel Jones and because they got no other choice. So, I, I don't know. That's, it's like tomato, tomato when we talk about yep. them there. Yeah, that's totally fair. But what I would say is, like, just the way he's attacking at defense right now, and, and, and everyone has strengths and weaknesses, but just think the way he's getting the ball out, getting the ball down the field, making plays with his feet. Um, he's just playing better quarterback. And, and is his durability perfect? No, it's not. But um, I just, if if I had to decide between one of those two, um, I just think from a football standpoint, Taylor's the better player. And then when you give me another $30 million, it's a no-brainer. Right. Okay, but... Now let's put you in the GM shoes because the reality is they already signed Daniel Jones, right? He is 26 years old. Tyrod Taylor's 34. Tyrod is playing. Let's say Tyrod plays well again this week, win or lose, whatever. Daniel Jones is ready next week, though. How would you as a general manager handling handle that, knowing that Tyrod is playing better, but you just invested in this guy who's 26 years old, who can be potentially part of your future, Tyrod Taylor being realistic probably isn't and that either two and six or uh, three and five, you're, you're probably not making a significant run anyway. So how would you handle that if that's the scenario that it plays out to me? Yeah, that, that one's pretty easy for me too because really your audience at the end of the day is Evan Neal and Andrew Thomas and John Michael Schmitz and Kayvon Thibodeau, which is if you don't play the best players, like what do you stand for? And if we're going to make decisions based on, you know, the salary cap, like then we don't need to evaluate the performance. So I will tell you, like, based on my years of experience, Stuart, in like the locker room is a tremendous check and balance relative to um, who you play and the players aren't dumb. They know, and they know who's playing well, or in this case, who isn't. And if you play Daniel Jones, just because of his contract, while you think you may be solving one problem, I, I promise you, you're going to be creating countless others because your players are going to look at you and say like hey we have a chance to win with Tyrod Taylor he's playing good football and this week in particular against a good jet defense where his mobility I think is going to be important and I think you got to get chunk plays against this defense so um look it sounds like that decision may take care of itself but right if you put a player in just because of his contract Jordan I promise you like your locker room while they may not be saying it completely that what they're thinking is like that's not right. You're holding him to a different standard than you're holding us to. So then it creates a little different problem, right? Obviously, how do you view, let's say they do do that. They say Tyrod's playing better. We got to go with Tyrod Taylor, though. Brian Dable doesn't look like he's willing to go in that direction as of now. But then you have the constant, the $40 million quarterback, the guy that you just paid being on the bench. That How much of a distraction does that become? And, and as a general manager or a decision maker or any part of the brass, what do you do about that and how much do you care about it? Yeah. You know, I think that's one of those things where it comes down to organizational excellence 
think you got to walk into John Mara's office. You walk into Brian Dable's office and say, hey, we we have to be in lockstep here. And we're going to get some blowback, you know, because of the economics. That's just part of the dynamic. But the reality is, you know, one guy doesn't deserve to play right now. And as long as the three of us are airtight on this, I don't really care about the rest of the noise. And that's where, you know, the good organizations, you know, succeed. Um, you know, Bill Belichick, who's done better than anybody, longer basically than anybody, mm-hmm. you know, there was one standard and that's the standard and nothing else matters. And, uh, you know, we have to take the same approach and people like in the media are going to criticize it and we, we have to be stronger than that and do what we think is best for the franchise. So, Tyrod Taylor, we're going to assume he's starting this week, right? Uh-huh. This is a really good Jets defense he's facing. Yep. What what do you, what do you expect from this game from the Giants offense? Like what's what's realistic at this point? Because we know their their offensive line is what it is. It doesn't sound like Andrew Thomas is going to be make it make it back this week. John Michael Schmidt, the rookie center, looks like he has the better chance out of the two to be back. So still a shaky offensive line. With Tyrod Taylor against that Jets defense, what's your expectations? Well, I think the key for the Giants is going to be chunk plays. Like, we're not going to, let's face it, it's going to be hard for us to drive the ball 10, 12, 14 play drives over and over again. But what we can do is try to use the Saquons of the world, the Jalen Hyde's of the world. Let's get chunk plays and let's, you know, we're going to try to attack them over the top. You know, there is some vulnerabilities at, at safety, at uh, middle linebacker, uh, in coverage. And to me, like, if I'm the Giants, I am, I know that our offensive line isn't a great match against their front seven. So we're going to play the game differently and we're going to take shots over the top and we're going to try to get our playmakers in space. Um, and to me, that would give us our best chance. Mm, that's interesting. Now, obviously, the key there is to avoid the big mistakes as you're trying to hit the chunk plays. Tyrod Taylor has done a very good job at that so far. I'm curious, Mike, you think back Jets Giants. What's your favorite memory? Because you you were you were there in the Rex days when that rivalry was getting pretty good, right? And uh, probably the peak, right? As far as that that rivalry, at least in my lifetime. Yeah, uh, probably my worst memory is the ninety nine yard touchdown pass. I wasn't going to bring that one up, Mike. I wasn't going to bring yeah, that. Up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, to UMass's own Victor oh, Cruz. Your best, your best. Yeah. Memory. Yet that's the only thing that came up for you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it just I can't get it out of my head, and actually. Maybe like the, the funniest memory uh, that was related to this is uh, so guy that I have a ton of respect for long time uh, Giants GM Jerry Reese, who obviously has done a tremendous job, um, you know, multiple Super Bowl rings. And I always used to give him a hard time that like my one goal in life was to sign an undrafted free agent from East Tennessee State. That would be a great player because I'm a UMass alum. Right. And he got Victor Cruz on me. And uh, so. That was always a, a, a sore point. But um look, what did you think you know, of Victor Cruz then when he was coming out? Obviously as a UMass alum, like what did you yeah. know about him? Well and how surprised were you he was successful in retrospect? Yeah, shocking. You know, like thought he was a good athlete, but didn't see, you know, an NFL caliber player like everybody else, you know, that's why he was undrafted and right. you know, to the Gi- Giants credit. But you know, it actually goes back to like the whole Snoopy Bowl. And I remember being at a press conference with you know, Rex and Tom Coughlin, and, you know, there's a lot of things to love about Coach Coughlin, but him, you know, taking a picture with Snoopy wasn't one of them, you know? So, <laughs> uh, but, um, look, it, you know, I will say this, Jordan, this game is meaningful way more than people understand because those players are competing for the same marketing dollars, the same sponsorships, 
and you know everyone says well it's you know once every four years like that's bs like this is a meaningful game and there are legit bragging rights and there it does impact the money in players pockets like if you're a sponsor um like and you're looking for hey do we get you know a player from team a or team b like this game matters and um you know those who know know that and it's um and all the owners this week i promise you will say the right thing but i also know that deep down this game is a little bit more meaningful for them as well yeah how much you tell me from when you were there from a jets perspective i i know i've, I've heard from the giants perspective i've heard stories about how you know the Mariners. you said ask ask about what was going on with the jets pretty often and it mattered especially around that time when you they were building the stadiums together but how big a deal was it for jets you know management and brass everything the giants did on a regular basis i'll tell you the truth like every every monday we would talk about how we did and it was always about the patriots and the giants you know for a year really? you know we yeah, yeah we, we had really it shouldn't be that surprising i guess yeah yeah we we were like comfortably like the second best team in the AFC, you know, Buffalo and Miami were just at different trajectories. Mm-hmm. Um, we were nipping at the heel, heels of the Patriots and, you know, the Giants were the Giants. So um, we always kind of benchmarked ourselves against the Patriots and the Giants relative to how we built the team or how they were doing, how we were doing in any particular season. I always wondered, was some of the Rex bluster part of like the plan to try and unseat the Giants as the, you know, Xavier McKinney even said it when I spoke to him earlier this year about all the attention the Jets were getting about how the, if he still looked at the Jets, like the Giants are the big brothers, the Jets are the little brother, right? Because the history, the recent success, the, the recent success meeting, like from like, you know, the eighties on, uh, was that part, always part of the plan for Rex and you guys to, all right, this is how we're going to take over the city. This is how we can kind of become the big brother no because rex is like very authentic you know just he is who he is and um he was a good coach that was very relatable jordan and um i I always knew like came down to winning and uh you know it's just our standards were high you know coach mangini left us after us going nine and seven one year and um you know new york has high standards and high thresholds and making the playoffs was important and you know that's sort of how we felt like that was like the baseline for us to have success. So it wasn't about Rick's personality. It was about us, you know, putting out a consistent winner. Credit to you guys. That was probably the closest I think the Jets have come to uh, really sort of attacking the Giants' uh, dominance of this of the market here. And uh, then they end up winning the second Super Bowl, and we all know how, how that went. Uh, so it was, it's hard to compete with that when you have four Super Bowls in what, uh, a 20-year span it basically was, 21 years? something like that or 31 years but uh yeah yeah um so let's end on this uh the trade deadline is tuesday if you're looking at it from a giant perspective how would you approach it and i'm a little surprised and let me know what you think about this about how brian debo and joe shane basically went up to saquon and said, yeah yeah no you know don't worry about it no chance like you're getting moved i'm paraphrasing a little bit uh obviously there's a potential what if somebody who comes in and offers you a first round pick i know that sounds crazy or a second round pick or some really good deal you like did you close the door on that so what do you think about the giants around the trade deadline if you were in those shoes or just in general of uh what they should do there yeah I, you know look saquon's the obvious one to me because they have you know obviously not interested in signing to a long-term deal or getting a deal done that was close and 
you're going to get a compensatory pick in 2025, but you can get a third round pick next year. Um, and he's not going to be in your plans. I, I can't imagine that the Giants at the end of the day, Jordan, want to go through tagging him again. You know, clearly they paid the wrong player. They should have paid Saquon and not Daniel Jones. And when you have your best player. The other way around. You meant the other way around. Yeah, excuse me. Yeah. Yeah. Not Saquon so, and not Daniel Jones, right? Right, 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 right. But when you have your best player who's truly beyond reproach, like Saquon, uh, like he has poise that, you know, I, I, I envy. He always says the right things. He always does the right things. He's a great player. You know, I look at him like Christian McCaffrey and B. John Robinson, like this whole stigma of running back. Like he's a great football player. And when you talk to other coordinators in the league and they're defending the New York Giants, it all starts with Saquon. And, you know, to me, that's why I would pay him. But obviously the Giants feel differently. And I just don't think they want to go down the rabbit hole of like tagging him again. So knowing that, if that's really the backdrop of where this is going to go, to me, Jordan, I would try to maximize his trade value. Obviously, this year, you know, it's going to be a heavy lift for them to get to where they want to go. Yeah. So you're saying third rounder better, you would definitely, you would consider that or probably pull the trigger on if that were you. Yeah. Yes. Matt, can't blame you. I would probably say the same. Uh, I, it's hard to envision after what happened last offseason, all of a sudden them signing Saquon to a deal. So if you can't get anything for him, why wouldn't you do it? So uh, I, I agree. And if you're if you're if we're talking about ownership not, or not or you know just wanting to put a good product on the on the field the rest of the season that isn't that the wrong idea, Mike? If if that's what your goal is and if that's what you're trying to accomplish at that point, yeah. I mean, again, we're trying to build this to be great for as many years as possible, right? Um, but I think you got to be pragmatic and say, here's where we are. Like, where are we really going to go this year? Yep, I agree. Mike Tannenbaum. Uh, ESPN, you actually can find them on GetUp, uh, you know, how many days a week? Two or three days a week? Oh, yeah, once or twice, yeah. Once or twice, once or twice a week. Uh, ESPN New York, Sunday mornings, all over ESPN. Appreciate you, Mike. Thanks for the time, man. Okay, Jordan, take care. Thank you. On to the next one. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. 
Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. That was a fun conversation there with Mike Tannenbaum, ESPN analyst and the former general manager of the Jets. Obviously, we're on opposite sides of the spectrum when it comes to starting Daniel Jones or Tyrod Taylor when Daniel Jones is healthy. Uh, But I think it's a a good discussion and a fun discussion either way. And everyone's entitled to their to their own opinions, obviously, which leads me into this week's Jordan on the beat. And I'll finish here. This is where I tell you what it's like to cover the Giants work for ESPN or cover the NFL in general. And so this is sort of like a state of uh, where we are as a society, at least on social media. Right. And we know social media these days. And look, we're in the the toy business. This is all fun and games. This is not, you know, especially when you see what's going on in countries across the world with Israel and the Hamas and uh, Ukraine and Russia and all these major world problems that are out there. We're talking about sports, talking about who should be the giant starting quarterback. Or in this case, I wrote a story just trying to give props to the Giants' defense, right? And that, you know, the main reason the Giants are suddenly competitiveness this isn't really about the quarterback. Yes, he's playing better. But they're obviously, they're not scoring a lot of points, 23 in two games. It's because their defense has played really well. They've let up 21 points in the last two games. And that's really darn good. And they've really played well in three of the last four games. And the one I'm not even listing, they scored a touchdown and created three turnovers against the Dolphins. So defense is clearly made strides and playing a lot better. Figure that's obvious at this point. Who's going to argue that? So I write a story about this, basically praising their defense, saying it's not necessarily about the quarterback, that the, why the Giants are suddenly competitive. It's the defense. Thinking I'm just giving the defense credit. Whoa. I go, I take my son to school. I look, open social media. Holy cow. The hate and vitriol that's out there. You know, the Tyrod clan was out. Or it's more like, the anti-Daniel Jones clan, really, to be honest with you, right? So everybody who's anti-Daniel Jones is now in my mentions going nuts. You know, people calling me racist because I didn't give Tyrod Taylor the full the full credit. I mean, the defense is the reason the Giants have been in these last couple games, right? Yeah, it helps that their offense has been more competent. Tyrod's been good. He hasn't turned it over. He hasn't hurt them. So sure, it's been a benefit. But the number one reason is the defense is playing way better. But man, social media these days is rough out there. And then you got the whole Carl Banks getting hung up on on WFAN and Kayvon Thibodeau. Let me say this about Kayvon Thibodeau, right? Like there's, there's, and this is goes for more than just Kayvon Thibodeau. There's an in-between on things. It doesn't have to be one extreme or the other. Kayvon Thibodeau doesn't have to be all pro or a bust, right? He's not a great player. His pressures aren't great. He has sacks, but he's a good player. That's what he is right now. He's a good player. He's not a bust, but he's not great either. So he's doing some things. He's, there's, there's an in-between. It doesn't have to be one polar opposite to the next. And that's what Kayvon Thibodeau is at this point. Like, he's a quality player in the NFL. And I've said that for a while. I think that's what he's going to be. I don't think he's a superstar. But I also think he's a good player. And to, to, to then say, because he's not a superstar, he's a bust? That's crazy talk. Think about how many, first of all, 50% of top 10 picks are basically busts. Like that don't, don't ever play at a high level. 
He's going to play at a high level. He's not going to be a bust. That doesn't mean he's going to be Micah Parsons. He'll probably never be Micah Parsons. I don't expect him to ever be at the level that Micah Parsons plays at. Dude's a stud. One of the best players in the league. Doesn't mean he's a terrible pick. He's not Micah Parsons. So, again, everything needs to be taken with a grain of salt. Right? You have to provide context to it. It doesn't just have to be you suck or you're amazing. There's an in-between. There really is. There's an in-between. It's the same with Daniel Jones. It doesn't have to be he sucks or he's a bum. He can be a quality quarterback. He can be a middle-of-the-road quality quarterback. A top 10 to 15 quarterback, which is probably what he is at his best. That's pretty much what he was last year. You give him enough time this year, pretty much what he'll be again this year. So just relax. Okay? I'm allowed to compliment the defense. And it doesn't have to be a knock on the offense and Tyrod Taylor. It could just be that I wanted to say that the defense is doing a really good job. And that is the case. That's what, That was what I was intending to do. But it turned into some Tyrod Taylor thing, which is not what it was intended to do. But it's the world we live in. Again, like I said, these aren't real problems. We're in the toy department. This is fun in games. This is in real life. So enjoy it. Enjoy Sunday. Jets, Giants, always fun. Talk trash back and forth be- with you and your friends. That's what it's all about. I'm Jordan Rodon. You're listening to Breaking Big Blue. See you next time. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.